Or rather, the Lord is good. I said the Lord is good. If you believe it, give me an amen. amen. If you believe that God delights to give you the understanding of his ways and his will, and he wants you to know what to do, give me an amen. amen. I'd like us to declare the word together. If you know you are in a serious arrangement, Senior Togboni, give me an amen. amen. So we have our own incantations, amen. amen. This one incantation with which we are, with which we activate spiritual things. All right, the Lord is good. All right, are we ready? I want to let's go. Now I declare that the Lord has given me the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him, and I'm being filled with the knowledge of His will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. As a result of this, I'm walking in a manner worthy of the Lord. I am pleasing Him in all respects. I'm bearing fruit in every good work, and I'm increasing in the knowledge of God. Now again, I incline my ears to His word. The word is entering my heart. It is giving me light and direction. It is healing me in every area, and it's making me more and more like the Lord Jesus. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. Amen. I said amen. Amen. I said amen. Amen. That will be your portion today in Jesus' name. God will give you light. He will give you understanding in the name of Jesus Christ. He will give you direction in Jesus' name. Now remember this, vision and revelations, that will be your portion in Jesus' name. You will sleep, you will dream. Serious dream will not say which is pursuing you. If a witch is pursuing you, you're a sinner. You are owing somebody, go and pay. Not talking serious, rubbish dreams. I'm talking serious dreams that will give you insight. It will solve a problem for you in the office. The dream, the type that Joseph had, that's the type you will be having in the name of Jesus. That's it. That's it. That's the kind of dream you are going to be having. Dreams that will solve problems for nations. Dreams that will solve problems for countries. Dreams that will solve problems in your workplace. Dreams that will show you what God wants to do in your business next. In the name of Jesus Christ. And sometimes we're having issues in life. And God will give you a dream for you to know where it began from. So you can close that door. Yes, sometimes you are doing something that is not right. You know, the way you are walking is not proper. I've had many dreams like that. You just have a dream, and sometimes I wake up and say, that's what God is saying. Disease from this way of behaving. That will characterize your life in the name of Jesus. You will not walk in darkness. Say after me, say, I will not walk in darkness. But I will walk in the light of life. Say it again, I will not walk in darkness. Say it again, I will not walk in darkness. I will not walk in confusion, but I will walk in the light of life in the name of Jesus Christ. Say, my path will be clear to me. I will walk in the path of righteousness. It's important you understand what I'm trying to say. Many people are in problems because of the way they are walking. It's the way they are walking, and they don't even know it's bad. Today I was thinking about it again. That scripture came to my mind again, you know, about... uh, Satan came to Jesus and said, turn these stones to bread. I said, Kai, we preachers, I said, turn these stones to bread all the time. And it's because I watched a man on TV who was preaching. He was bragging on some things, and I felt bad about it. I said, Kai, don't brag on this. And to say how, do you know, anyway, let me not get there. I realized that many of us take, turn our stones to bread. I don't realize it is bad. I pray that true Christians who are faithful to God, who understand what God wants to do in their lives, God will raise them up. You know, God says, if what you are going to do, what money you are going to make from a business is first in front of you, close it. It's not his business for you. And do you know it's a very serious matter? 
Once you are joined with every business that makes money, that's why you have been confused. You can't even identify, you know, you're not willing to sacrifice the money you have to keep something standing so you can be a blessing to the environment. That's why God has not been working on your side. And you never knew it was bad. You thought if I make money, I'll be able to do things. Many of the things we are doing in life, believe me, they are not pleasing to God. And no matter how much God overlooks some things, He can never bless disobedience. That is why it's important that we walk in light. That is why it is important that what God is doing, that what we are doing is pleasing to God. David said, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable. And I've said before, acceptable does not mean that it just pass. No, it must be what exactly you want. Let it be acceptable in your sight. So declare against in the name of Jesus. I walk in light. I don't walk in darkness. Say it in the name of Jesus. I walk in the light. I walk in the light that produces life. Without light, you, listen, you're not going anywhere. Even when God came to the earth, and the earth was without form and it was void, what was the first thing he said? You know why he said so? Without light, there's nothing else he can do. Without light, nothing. Let me say to you again, light is your portion in Jesus' name. Amen. Today, 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 that is the next one and a half hours will be here. God will make something clear to somebody. Amen. Some people have marital problems. God said, I will give you light. Amen. If you have prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed, ah, something is not happening. Then you have, there's light you have not yet gotten. Are you getting my point? Light is what you need. You are always looking for miracles. God can work miracles, but what he wants to do is give us understanding. Let's declare the word of understanding again. Say, now I declare. Go on, go on. Now I declare that the Lord has given me the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. And I'm being filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. As a result of this, I'm walking in a manner worthy of the Lord. I am pleasing him in all respects. I'm bearing fruit in every good work and I'm increasing in the knowledge of God. Now again, I incline my ears to his word. The word is entering my heart. It is giving me light and direction. Say that again. It is giving me light and direction. Say it again. It is giving me light and direction. Say it one more time. It is giving me light and direction. Say it to your neighbor. Light, direction. That's your portion. In the name of Jesus Christ. All right, the Lord is good. Please greet somebody on your left and your right. So take your seats. Let's get into the teaching. School of prayer. All right, the Lord is good. Uh, last time we began to look at um, how to, that's overcoming Satan's schemes. And uh, we explained that Satan really does not have the kind of power that we think he has. He doesn't just get up in the morning and kill somebody. He can't do that. He cannot just wake up in the morning and decide to destroy somebody's business. He can't do that. He cannot just wake up in the morning and decide that, all right, it will not go well with an individual. He doesn't have that kind of power. He has some tricks. He has some schemes. God gives him some, let me put it like this, some things he can do. I don't want to use the word power so we don't get confused. So he has the ability to tempt people. That's number one. He has the ability to tempt. Without the temptation, he can't do anything. Anytime he wants to get a road into your life, he comes through temptation. That is why you must fight sin like you are fighting Ebola. Are you getting my point? You know that when Ebola wanted to come to Nigeria, you know the way we prayed that time? Can you remember? When we heard that one man flew in, 
with Ebola in his system. Ah, people prayed. Now, people prayed. We don't realize that sin is Ebola. When we hear of Lassa fever, we are terrified. Listen, sin is Lassa fever. Are you getting my point? It makes me laugh all the time. Don't follow the world. Follow Jesus Christ. Amen? Follow the word of God. Why am I saying so? <laughs> when you see the world, wants to, when they want to abuse the Pope and the Catholic structure, they say the reason why HIV is carrying plenty, why HIV is plenty in Africa and many countries, is that Pope did not allow them to use condom. And serious campaign, lobbying the Pope to just say condom is good. In my mind, you are very stupid. What did I say? They are very stupid people. Because the post problem is not condom. The post problem is what? Exactly. He said, if he's not your wife, go away. That's all he's saying. Uh, you know, that, when, when you see the world fighting, you know when you say, say, what is wrong with these people? So, why should Pope say, okay, go ahead and use it? What is he saying in effect? Go ahead and do it. So, you see, in those people's countries, they now put it in schools everywhere. That boys will be boys, girls will be girls, so let's help them. You don't realize that every action you take, you are telling the generations what you permit and what is good. Nonsense. Follow the Lord Jesus. Are you getting my point? Yes, sir. Don't follow the world. They are walking in confusion. They are walking in confusion. They, make, they glamorize sin. Make it look like it is good. They don't understand that what they are doing is opening the door wide for Satan. That's what I'm going to explain. If they had followed what the Pope is saying, all this argument on, of whether the Pope allows this or not allowed, that would not, would not be an issue. If you follow what the church is teaching, abstinence unless you are married. And if you are married, marital fidelity. Then why are we complaining about uh, HIV? HIV would die, you know? That's what will happen. But they will be fighting stupid things while opening doors to bigger things. You can fight HIV from now till tomorrow. One atomic bomb will kill more people. In one, look, at the end of one week, you know, one atomic bomb hits, he kills thousands. You know, over the next few days, more will be dying. And over the next few years, more will die too. What am I going to say? You can fight something, fight the physical disease, the spiritual disease. If it comes in, yeah, one, all this fight of HIV, HIV, how many people has he killed? One day, one tsunami hit Indonesia. I made HIV look like a beggar when it comes to killing people. For HIV to kill that number of people, it will work for years. One tsunami, boom. What am I trying to say? We should fight sin. It's a disease. It's a door through which Satan enters the earth. Without sin, he has no power. He has no authority. He has nothing. That was why Jesus said it boldly. The ruler of this age is coming. He has nothing in me. Nothing. There is nothing he can do. What am I going to emphasize? The only power Satan has is when sin has entered. So let's understand it. So when he wants to do things, he starts with temptation. We talked about it last time. If we want to have victory, if we want to overcome his schemes, we fight sin. We do. Next power he has is that of what? Deception. He likes to deceive people. He's, he's Closely related with that of, you know, temptation. Very closely related. Likes to deceive people. Deception. Now, when we are falling, when we are walking in deception, when we are falling for his temptations, that is when he now goes before the judge of the heavens and the earth. The judge of the whole earth, who must always do right. 
you must always do right. Like I said, don't follow the world. The world, when children die, the world will say, hey, look at if God is in heaven, if they say God. You know, a lot of people say they don't believe in God. That's what makes me laugh, you know? Why, why don't they believe in God? Because if there's God, why is everything scattered like this? They will never accept responsibility. It's always somebody else. If I'm failing, it's my auntie. Last time I remember the way she looked at me like this. That money I gave her, she kept it specially in her secret coven pocket and took it to the coven. That's why my business is doing badly. People will never accept that they are the problem. The world has a lot of problems. It is because God is not doing his duty. Why should people die? Why should tsunami hit? I mean, God does not know what he's doing. And then we preach Christians over time, we got it wrong also. We began to tell them that it's not God, it's the devil. And we thought we're defending God. We thought we're defending him. You know, this God is very good. The devil is very bad. You know, we began to defend God. We turned him to a wimp. When God sees blood, he's afraid. But the devil, he can kill, has no mercy. I will go around and will be saying those who, if I want them, I was talking, we're having a discussion like this. One brother said, he doesn't like people accusing my father of what the devil does, you know? No, God being the father. So I asked him, I said, what does your father do that, what does the devil do that your father does not do worse? I asked something like that. People die, Abby. Who killed everybody on the earth? All the animals. Minus these people he was able to put inside an ark. Was it the devil? That was the question I asked. Of course, I couldn't get an answer. Because we, we try to make it look as if, you know, God is good in such a manner that he can never be responsible for anything that looks bad to us. And we started preaching it. We started preaching it everywhere. Anything goes wrong, is the devil. Anything goes wrong, we forget that Jesus never said that. What did Jesus say? Except you repent, you will likewise perish. That was what Jesus said. I hope you're getting my point here. That is, God is just. The judge of the whole earth must always do what is right. If they bring accusation against anybody before his judgment throne, he cannot turn his eyes away from justice. He can't. So when he wiped out everybody on the earth, it was not because he was wicked or he was not good. It was because their heart was exceedingly wicked. Their sins were everywhere. Morning, the evening, morning till evening, they were planning evil continually. None sought after him. So he decided that for that reason, as justice, it was the just recompense of reward. He did what he had to do, and he's still doing it till today. Anytime we see calamity, God is angry when we point accusing fingers at the rulers. Anytime we see trouble, the Lord is displeased when we decide that it is because federal government is not doing something. Anytime we see things not working well, once we start pointing fingers, he's upset about it. He calls it pride in the heart of unprincipled men. It's pride. That's what he calls it. That these people are proud. They don't understand anything. He expects us every time to accept responsibility. He's a just God. He's a good God. No doubt. But he's a just God. And that's why we run away from sin. That is what Satan uses to hold people. That's what he uses. No matter how, how secretly it is done. I know God sees it too, but let's leave God out for a moment. Satan sees it too. He writes it down. So I, will soon, I, will, I will wound this guy. I'm going to wound him. I'm going to wound her. How am I going to do it? It's simple. It's called accusation. It's called accusation. Once somebody sins, he has given power to the devil. 
And if somebody wants to be delivered, what he or she does is to confess. You understand? If we confess our sins, it's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. When it does that, what he has done, all right, is to wipe away the power of Satan to accuse. The person is literally covered by the blood. Literally covered by the blood. So last time we talked about it. How do we overcome? Number one, that Satan's schemes. Remember, what he has is what? Schemes. What he has is schemes. Last time we talked about it, Jesus told us to pray. Pray like this. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from doing evil. Please, I need to say that again. It is important we learn how to pray that prayer. Life can be tempting. Pressure in life can make people do what is wrong. And that's why Jesus made it a prayer point. If it was not important, why would he make it a prayer point? I hope you're getting my point. If you feel like you are so strong, that's why every time people are disgracing God every time. You put them in political office. You know, when they are at home, when they are managing their small salary or their school fees or their pocket money, they will sit down there and say, why are politicians stealing money? Why are they stealing money? Oh, what, what, after, what, what does a man need in this life? They just have enough money to buy a car and build a house and send children to school. When people say things like that, you know they have not seen anything yet. Just they haven't seen anything. Every day, people will say, how can a man have this number of cars? Why are they flying private jets? <laughs> There's one funny guy. They just made a made of state in one country. Mexico. <laughs> you know about it. You are laughing. Now your laughter is a, is a knowledgeable laughter. <laughs> laughter that's aware. <laughs> the guy is a clown. You're looking at him. He's fighting. He's fighting excesses in government. That is not going to fly private. As a, as a head of state, it's going to be going commercial. As obviously, they're not going anywhere. So, last two weeks ago, he was stranded for four hours at an airport. <laughs> so, people are looking at him. Say, he never take office. I think he just taking office. Stranded for like four hours. Is it, is it four hours? You seem to know. <laughs> he was stranded. So, everybody reported it that, you know, they call it budget prime minister, budget president. Stranded for four hours. I said, this is how you want to run a country. When you can get to an airport and be stranded. Just wait. That's what happens to people. They sit down there and criticize everything. I get, I get into discussion every day with people. Full of criticism for everything. One of my friends said that day, somebody tried to defend Kemi Adiosu. You know, remember Kemi Adiosu's story? Our, our unfortunate finance minister who was accused of forgery. She forged, supposedly forged her NYC exemption certificate. Okay. So everybody came on her. Why was she? Why would she not? After, you know, I told her, I, I chat with my classmates. We, we, we invested together. And the, on, one fellow finished talking. I, I got tired of them. Is it a good thing? Of course it's not good. I was one of those that first day when it was discovered, I said she has to resign. It's just proper. It's just proper. It's just proper. No matter the excuse, you have to go. I said, but the woman has explained to us what happened. Let's just assume that it could have happened. Let's not kill her. Somebody say, hey, babala nonsense. What kind of rubbish talk is that? How can somebody say that kind of rubbish? After I say all of you, all of you, just continue talking. God will soon put you in the kind of box. In fact, police will arrest you with NYSA, FRSC, fake driver's license. Then you'll be in cell. Explain, <laughs> explain where you got it from. Who here has not spent fake money before? Fake currency. You have never, you never had it? I've had fake currency many times, and I'm not a fake currency dealer. 
It's always those days when we, we don't do as much in cash now. You go to the bank, they count it and pull it out for you and tell you it's, and you you don't know. You withdrew that funny thing from another bank. I hope you know. You need God's mercy for you not to go to prison. What is the story I tell you? If, if police was one that grabbed you, you'd be telling it from jail. They would have to explain it's just one. Okay, so it must have been a mistake. That was possibly how Madame got her. I mean, she was not living in Nigeria. Maybe that's how she got her certificate that was not fake, that was not genuine. And we know people that went there to NYC Secretariat, qualified for exemption, applied for it, got fake certificate and walked away and did not know. I've, that is the story. I've registered a vehicle, motor car, before with fake number. That is, no, no, not fake number, wrong number. You know, chassis, you know, the VIN, vehicle and engine number, the chassis number was for another car. Engine number for another car and I drove it for like six months. I did not know. It was a mistake. In fact, that day, you know, I know God is in my life. Tell your neighbor, God is in his life. <laughs> That I mean, my, mean my own life bank. <laughs> Should I tell you what happened? It's not now. No police will be better now. Those days, not long ago. Tell you the story like, um, sometimes it's not less than 14 years ago. Less than 14 years ago. Do you, know, do you know how God made me know? I didn't know. I was driving the car nicely. Registered it in Enugu here. It was the number for another vehicle. The story how it happened is a very, very long story. My papers contained number for another vehicle that I never had. I was coming back from, went for my local convention, coming back from Benin. My wife, me, and my friend, Chooks, were in the car. And one policeman said, pack. For you to know how God works. The man said, pack. Of course, naturally, it was a checkpoint. So I packed. Can I have your papers? I gave it, gave it to him. Open your engine. It was like a spirit. I opened it. He looked, he looked at the papers and said, so I thought it was normal, this is five instead of S. You know those kind of funny jokes they play? I thought it was a normal thing. So I, I, my temper was already up. I was angry, kind of nonsense, kind of, kind of, citizens, I want to start speaking English. The guy looked at me. I still remember. He said, Doc, are we quarreling? I said, no. So he gave me back my papers. Stepped back. He said, go and check yourself. He stepped back, gave me the papers, and just walked away. He said, check. Ha! <laughs> oh, more. Ah! I looked at it. I cleaned my eye. He was looking at me. The other guys were all there. It was a patrol team, you know, the way it is. I looked at it. At that time, the Bible said, the righteous are bold as a lion. What's the opposite? <laughs> The sinner is timid like what? My father. I just called my friend Chooks. was sitting at the back. I said, Chooks, I better come. He came down. He looked at it. First, how could this have happened? We didn't steal this car. We bought it, you know? Bought the car properly. I registered it myself. No? Uh, this, uh, this, uh, this one that's in, uh, on this... Um... No, no, no. This is Ogui Road now. Yes, this one, just a good road after, you know, just, I did it myself. They handed me the plates. I did it myself. So there's no, how could it have happened? Now, I said, God is in his life, right? God is in my life. And I said, look, officer, I can't explain. That is, I had no explanation. There's no way to explain this. You know what he did? He gave, he folded the papers 
that he has given it to me earlier. He just said, no, okay, no problem. Make sure you correct it. It's a very serious problem. You can go. Did you hear what I said? My wife was there that day. The guy says it's a serious problem. It has to be fixed. This was Sunday. He said, as soon as you get to any good, he said, make sure you correct it. I was looking at him like, are you serious? <laughs> Listen to me. Not half a penny exchange hands between us. He stepped by, back. We closed our doors. We thanked him very well and told him bye-bye. You can ask my wife. In fact, Yinka will know this story because I've told Yinka this story that no, you don't want to get to that area. I wave at any policeman for years. <laughs> any policeman there, I will wave. They will be wondering who it is, but I will just wave. How now? If they want to do like this, I will stop quickly. They were like, I became their friend. I remember the stretch of road. Of course, I don't need to tell you first thing on Monday morning. I was back at the licensing office. Anyway, I found out later how it happened. It's a long story. I won't, let me not bore you with the details. But it was an error, you know, or just an error between me, the guy. Actually, okay, in case you're wondering, the guy who sold the car, he sent me the stuff ahead first before I was supposed to take delivery. He now said, did they want to deliver it? Now he said, ah, no, this is a better car for this man. So he gave me another one. That was what happened. So the receipt he gave me was for the first vehicle. And that was what we used to, you know, when you get there, just dropped it for them. So they worked on the receipt. Forgetting that when the guy finally delivered the car, he decided that, oh, that first one I wanted to give you is not as good as this one. I discovered that you prefer this. So he exchanged the car after giving me receipt for payment. Now, I want to give you all that gist. That life, life sometimes will constrain you. Sometimes you are even aware of the evil that's been done. You don't know how to stop it. So when people wanted to hang the finance minister, I said, relax. Otherwise, God will put you in a tighter bind until you are forgiving everybody you ever criticized. And we'll talk about it later. Walking in the principle of mercy is one of the ways you overcome Satan. You have to be slow to judge. Are you getting my point? Judging is different, is different from having a critical appraisal of a situation. Are you getting my point? Uh, if a man is doing what is bad, it is bad. We're not saying it is good. But let him die. Mm-mm. Pause. You don't know how he got there. Let God decide who is dying, who is living. Do you follow my point? Yeah, let the Lord decide on that one. People sometimes they say, hey, don't judge, don't judge. They say that, who are you to judge? Oh, but if I fight with another man's wife, I, I, I can judge. <laughs> are you making it like I can't talk again? I can tell you it is wrong. Do you follow my point? The only thing I would not say is die by fire. I won't carry you up and say some people are going to die. They are the ones spoiling the face of Christianity. They will die. God is going to punish them. You will want you. That's why he said don't do. But if I see what is wrong, I will tell you it is wrong. Because if I couldn't judge, why would I ask you what happened in the first place? Have I ever asked you what happened that you are eating breakfast? Do you follow my point? Have I ever asked you, I mean, you are nicely dressed. Say, what happened that you are nothing. But if I see you, you know, your clothes is in tatters all day here, all day here. You get my point? Everything. What happened? That is, by the time I'm asking you what happened, I've already decided something's wrong. So nobody should tell you not to judge in that area. That you can't have a critical opinion of a situation. You can. What the Bible says, do not judge. is don't pass judgment. Don't say die. Don't say be poor. Don't say fail. Do you follow my point? Now, many people have sinned in judging our current head of state. Why? Because, you know, uh, Fulani Hesman killed some people. Is killing people bad? Is it bad? 
Leave it there. It is bad. Leave it. There's all of them. They will die. God said, don't. 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 No matter how painful it is, shut your mouth. Don't say anything more than that. But don't say, ah, we can never can say, oh, sometimes we may be killing people for their own progress. Don't say things like that. Are you getting my point? Don't say that you can't judge. Look, look. If you kill somebody I love, is a bad thing. But God just forbids me asking you to hang for it. So anyway, we walk in mercy. We learn to walk in mercy. If you have not learned to walk in mercy, you, have not, you are not yet ready to receive mercy. Because, you see, that's one of the things Satan uses, is those accusations. Those accusations. That's what he uses. Alright? He, he, that's one of the ways he gets judgment against us. And one of the ways we walk against that is also being merciful ourselves. Very important we get that, you know, we, we get those points. So, like we're saying, that's why we pray. Because life can constrain people. Life can. Life can constrain people. You may need to have favor to be able to do what is right. Daniel said he doesn't want to pollute himself. He talked to Mishael, talked to Ananiah and Azariah, four of them. What do we do? Ah, hey. They had, to, they had to ask for favor. You don't just go to Nebuchadnezzar and say, I don't want to eat. Nebuchadnezzar's offer of food is not an offer. It's an instruction. Eat. No, 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 sir, I'm not really hungry. How can you say, are you telling me I don't have sense? That's how those people are. That's how they were those days. I remember there was a, there was a time, one, um, under Abacha, one of our finance ministers, let me not mention the name, but those of you are aware of you know. When Abacha died and they were trying to put things together, he, he went back to Abdul Salamia, I don't know whether it's more Basanjo, no, I think it was Abasanjo, I don't know. He went to other Abdul Salamia or Basanjo, those people that came after Abacha. You know, Abdul Salamia came after Abacha, then Abasanjo took over a few months later. And he returned five million dollars. That the former head of state gave me five million dollars to pocket. With his own hands, he returned the five million dollars. If you see the shredding in the newspapers, how could he, dishonest man, chartered accountant, and you say you're a chartered accountant, people like you spoiling this country. This man came with his own hands and his two feet and came and said, see five million dollars that the former head of state gave me for the work I did. I couldn't believe how human beings decided to take this man, you know, to the cleaners. See insult on a daily basis. And people had their mouths. To I said, listen, do you think he had the power to tell the man no? Head of state said, come, you have done very well. Here is $5 million. You said, don't, don't mention, sir. <laughs> I said that deliberately. He said, no, sir. There was, let me know, oh, God, we're saying many things. There was one head of state we had that time. They said, those this. How you used to do things. It was, it was master of settlement. It was a master of settlement. You don't want money. There was one man, you know, some, you know, one of his men. They did something with one guy. The guy, you know, one of these righteous people. So they gave him money. He said no. He righteously did his work for the country of all them and went back home. So this one of these men now went to the head of state and said, ah, the man you sent to come and work with us, we gave him this money and he did not take Nice guy. President said, don't worry about it. He paid this into his account. The president instructed the money to be put into the man's account. Now, what do you want the man to do? They said, they said the man used to do things like, he invites you to work with him, that kind of thing. You get home. Eh? And they will, boys will follow you home, his boys. They will park a car there and walk away. The car is not the problem. It's official car, maybe. Except when you open the boot. 
It's full of something. Thank you. Let's leave it like that. <laughs> Thank you. Let's just leave it like that. Full of something. You know, so why you see all these people that have never been anywhere? And we come and we keep out. How can you? Nobody has ever offered you anything only. Nobody has ever offered you anything. Who's even offering you anything? Who's offering you anything? You that they are checking you every day. You are, you are treasurer for your association. The financial security is different from you. All the money they contributed after one year of harassing all the members is 150000 They kept it with you. You can't steal it. Even if you wanted to. Because they all know how much is with you. So you are feeling, you are forming righteous now. And criticizing those that the money we are talking about is in billions. I'm not justifying what is wrong. Though. I'm letting you know, know why Jesus said we should go and pray. Jesus said go and pray. Lead us not into temptation. Embarrassment. No, think about it. Embarrassment. And I feel, I mean, when you hear the whole story, you feel fairly certain that this woman did not forge that certificate herself. She did not know if she did not even know it was forged because all of us that have collected driver's license, we know what we're talking about. I mean, many of you here, police was one that told you on the road, this is a fake license you are carrying. And you want to like, oh, God, your head is fake. Did you not see that I went to Federal Road Safety? Yeah, it was given to you by a Federal Road Safety official. You paid. It's not as if you were bribing anybody. You went there. You did the capture. I mean, you've been driving for 70 years, for goodness sake. Uh, not 70 years early. You get my point. <laughs> Yet, you got a fake driver's license from the official quarters. Now, so one of my sisters the other day had a problem with power in her house. There are two meters. So she went to EEDC complaint, or the DC that's complained the area, not saying no go here. So the men came, looked, left, and said they had fixed it. She don't know they bypassed it until they find her 300,000 naira. I asked her last time, I said, how did you go? He said, nothing, no, that they are insisting I pay the money. That the only thing they've done is that you can pay it in three or four installments. She wasn't trying to pay. She was recharging the other one regularly. There are few in the house. Just as it happens to be a big house. So when you want to just look, just be quiet. Don't talk. Look at the embarrassment that Kemi uh, is facing now for something which we can almost, we're almost certain she did not do. Somebody just said, Madam, don't worry, we'll settle that one. Of course, the political appointment. There are boys who are there to settle everything. Oh, you need a, a you need certificate. Okay, you, didn't, you didn't go to school in Nigeria. She says, no. Okay, no, you, you, you should be exempted. And she says, okay. And they come on, they say, this is an exemption certificate. She puts it out of this thing. Now she has to defend herself everywhere she goes now. Because international people, they've heard the story. That's why Jesus said, pray, lead us not into temptation. Look at this, this recently confirmed American Supreme Court justice. Now, people say, did, she do, did he do what he did or did not do what he did? That's it. No, you forget one thing. He was 17. He was supposedly drunk. And he was just playing foolishly. Like a little boy with some stupid boys can play. He didn't rape the girl. He said he put her hand under her cloth, tried to remove her cloth, cover her mouth. Then she fought him off, and that's all. You, did you drink something? Yes. What did it happen? I can't remember. Did you drink anything? Yes. One bottle. You remember one bottle? The first bottle made her forget the second bottle. The second bottle made her forget. If we don't know whether she drank two bottles or ten bottles, or maybe it never happened. But let's assume it happened. 39 years later, they want to use it to ruin your life. 
it was not just about confirmation. Because if that was, let's assume the FBI said it really happened. Suddenly, his stand as an appellate court justice is even over. His life is ending just as he was speaking. Let me not tell you to put up your hand if you ever did something stupid like that. See why Jesus said, pray, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from doing evil. There's evil people do. They just wanted to do evil. There are some that did not even plan to do evil. Evil did them. Look, there are people who are in prison. There was one I watched. There was one program I watched based on the true story some time ago. A wo- <laughs> Please, parents, pay for your children too. I keep on drawing my son's ear. You don't have to cause trouble. I'm more concerned now about your company. Because if you, are, if you keep coming to people who cause trouble, it's as good as you causing trouble. I saw this film, a documentary or something, about a movie made on the prison true story. A woman who was in prison for 20 years, what did she do? She went out with people. You know, like, you go out to go maybe, I said, let me go and see Israel. I sit in Israel's house. I'm waiting. Then the phone rang. Let's have even stay with him for two days. The phone rang, I picked the phone. And someone said, hey, is Israel there? I said, no. It's all right. All right. When he comes, tell him to pick up the package. He's down the street. All right? So, okay, no problem. I didn't know FBI was recording. That, was, that statement was used to convict her of conspiracy to distribute drugs. And at that time, they had the minimum sentence, which was 20 years or so, for the level of thing they were dealing with. The woman said, all I did was answer a phone call. I'm not part of the drug deal. I just am in the house of people I know, and I answered a phone call. Out of being nice, the phone beside you rang. I picked it up. And Israel walks and says, Israel, um, one Carlos called. He said that the package is down the street. I don't know what's inside the package. But while I was there, police arrived, barbed everybody. They say I should plead. Plead to what? Plead to visiting. Plead to helping my friend answer a phone call. They put this woman in prison. She was going to do a minimum of like 20 years. Because then, they, in fact, they, this, this uh, documentary or movie was done on what they call, well, there was a fight against what they call mandatory minimum sentences. That this is ridiculous. That's why Obama started releasing people some time ago. You may be in jail for a drug, but if, you, if it was not a violent issue, they just found you carrying drugs, you didn't shoot anybody, you didn't kill police, you didn't shoot another person, they just let you go home. Because a lot of people were in prison. One of my friends, you know, he, he, he's in America. When they said they legalized India, he legalized uh, Igbo smoking. He said, Banky, I think they should legalize it. I was, do you know when a Christian tells the ladies legalize Igbo? A serious believer is campaigning for the legalization of Indian hemp. You know, you're going to wonder, what, what's going on? Oh boy, what, are you smoking now? He said, Banky, no, it's not like that. He said, he told, he's a doctor. He told one of his colleagues, whose life is over because a tiny bit of Indian hemp was found in his car. Let's not talk about details more than that. He said they only use it as an excuse to put people they don't like in prison. That boys carry this thing, smoke it every day. You know they all smoke. So his own is that, please, legalize it. He doesn't want to smoke, but let's stop putting people in prison for nothing. Life can be constraining. Life will just push you into a corner. 
That's why Jesus said, don't worry about it. Pray about it. So how do you handle it? Get on your knees and pray. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from doing that which is wrong. So when Daniel and co started out in Babylon, they needed favor. That's why I began all of that from. Life can constrain people. Life can make things so bad, you'll be doing what is wrong before you know what is happening. Yeah, that's what happens. I'm beginning to think that the prodigal son, his problem was not even committing the sin he committed. It was the arrogance and pride that made him feel he was safe after his fa- outside his father's house. Because the boy knew, you know, his head corrected sharp, sharp. He ran back home. I suspected that the guy was not evil at heart. What just happened to him was that he was arrogant. He was proud. He said, what is my father doing? I can't do. So father said, okay, go and do. He left the house. Hey. I don't think he wanted to do riotous living. Riotous living did him. <laughs> you think it's a joke? I keep on forgetting. Did you say Pastor Paul at the Pharisees? I used to think it was his younger brother, but I found that he's the baby of the house. So he's the elder brother. Shegun, I think it's Shegun. And I heard his story. <laughs> Shegun said his father, his parents sent him to school in the UK. Secondary school equivalent. But his allowance was $50,000 a year. He had, he had a flat and two cars. And listen, he sent a small boy like that to school. Away from father and mother. You can't even pray this prayer for him. It's too late. You can't pray. Lead us not into temptation. You have donated him to temptation. <laughs> All they did every weekend was party and, and you know drugs and party every weekend. He had the money. $50,000 a year for a small boy. Now, what am I telling this story? He was frustrated with his life. I heard him tell this story. He was, I think Shegun Adifaraz, I think, if I'm, I think that's his name. He was frustrated with life. So when school was over, he was happy that finally he's leaving London. He was so glad that, thank God, I'm living this useless place. There was only one problem. Where he went to next was America. He said, I thought London was fast. He said America was on jet speed. What am I talking about? He had no control. He became a crack addict. I'm telling you. His life ruined until they had to send him back home. Oh, his mother went to every prophet available in town. He's from one psychiatric hospital to another. From one specialist to another. Prophets chopped on his head. And I heard the story. You know this little boy? Didn't want to sin. There were things that were bigger than him controlling him. Good enough. Jesus eventually delivered him. He's a preacher now. In fact, no. That their mother will serve God permanently. All his, all her sons turned out to be preachers. One of the eldest one, this one I'm telling you the story, and Pastor Paul Adifarazin himself. If you hear Pastor Paul's story, if you hear his own story. So when we're talking about overcoming Satan's schemes, don't, I'm strong. If you are, if they are appointed to political office, kneel down and pray. Kneel down and pray. Listen, when you see people have gone there, good Christian men, they came back, you know, corrupt, Sometimes when I see what some of them have to do, sometimes I will wonder to myself, because I see some political, okay, I have somebody in mind, you know, these are governors and stuff like that. And every day they are praising God, they are worshipping, and you'll be looking and say, oh God, I know what you are doing with money. <laughs> what am I going to explain? That's why Jesus said, pray. 
That's why Jesus said, pray. Don't brag. Pray. Get on your knees and say, Lord, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Why? Because sometimes you look, the thing is overwhelming. But you know what? God knows how to deliver people. Oh, he does. He will make a way of escape. You'll be surprised. No matter how difficult the situation is, he will make a way of escape. You will be shocked at, ah, how did this happen? But was God just making a way of escape? Why? Because you remember to pray. Lord, deliver us from evil. I've emphasized that when Jesus said that thing, he was talking about being delivered from the doing of evil. Basically, we believers in Christ Jesus, children of God, we have a heart of righteousness. So we make our choices here and there. But don't ever forget to always pray, deliver us from evil. Because God says clearly, Paul was speaking. He said, there can be temptation that is more than you can bear. It happens. He said, God will prevent you. And with every temptation, he will do what? Make a way of escape. If you bring the two things together, both what Jesus said and what Paul, his apostle, was amplifying later on, you will see that they were saying, in effect, this is how you handle it. Prepare yourself with that prayer. It's important. Prepare yourself with that prayer. When you, when you see everybody, you know, one thing that's very common, when Nigerians go abroad, divorce rate matches that of the society they are in. You pray, deliver us from evil. So, they are not crazy people. Something There's a spirit in the air. Spirit with the aim, let's scatter families. Told that the reprint said that a brother had a revelation about what it I wanted to do in America at that time. And in a place in, in, in Reno, Nevada, was where the spirit wanted, was where the spirit arrived. And the purpose of that spirit was to break homes apart. And that was the first place in America where you could get divorced in an hour. So that was where the spirit arrived. The spirit arrived and said, let's go and break families. So when people get into those environments, it's not just, you know, I, I, I love my wife. You know, I, I just love my wife. Those who think are shooting their wives, they hate their wives. It's not one day. You love your wife will not sustain your marriage. Jesus said, kneel down and pray. Lord, deliver us from evil. It's a prayer. Lord, deliver us from it. You must learn to pray the prayer. It's, there's no strong man there. It's Lord, deliver us from evil. The Bible says that the whole world lies under the power of the evil one. Satan is controlling people. And it's time to control Christians too. We have to just learn how to, you know, stop his devices, schemes. One of the major things is that prayer thing. It's one of the major things. We learn to pray. Another thing, let me just go over that again. Don't forget, Satan is not after the things you are looking for. You think so. People say, Satan wants to take my job. Satan cannot work in your office. At all. I thought about it. I said, what exactly is Satan looking for? What does he want? Jesus said, Simon, Simon, Satan has demanded, that's the word, to sift you all as wheat. He said, but I have prayed for you, you know, Peter, that your own faith will not fail. And when you have been strengthened, when you have been, um, how does it go again? Anyway, when you have been restored, whatever, I can't remember, the word just escaped me now. When you have been what? Strengthened. No, no. He said, strengthen your brethren. When you have been restored, you strengthen your brethren. Now, you see, that tells us that what Satan was going for was, was what? His faith. 
Satan does not need anything. Any other thing he does is aimed at one thing. What he wants is to separate us from God the Father. He doesn't want our jobs. Is when he has removed the job. Because look at how he went after Job. Everything he took from Job was to just have him deny God. That's all. So you see him attack Job's family. He wasn't going to do anything with those children. We saw him attack um, Job's goods. Everything Job had. Lost everything one day. He didn't want to do anything with them. That was a way by which he was to get at the faith of Job. Don't ever forget. That is what he's going for. Corrupting faith on the earth. Promoting evil of every sort. So it's important. Let's not forget what exactly Satan is going after. What I'm saying, is, what I'm saying so is that when we remember what he's going after, we know how to pray appropriately. I hope you're getting my point here. Yes, we know. He's not going after those things. It's faith. So sometimes when it looks like our material things are shaky, we forget those material things and focus on our faith. We start making statements like Job. Even though he slays me, yet I will trust him. Are you getting my point? Look, listen. There are statements you make. People think it's unbelief. It's not unbelief. It's not unbelief. Say, even though he slays me, yet I will trust him. So you are believing God for healing. Say, what if you die? Say, I will die smiling that I'm going to heaven to meet the Lord Jesus Christ. It doesn't mean that you have, you've abandoned faith for healing. You are just saying some things are more important. That's what you're trying to say. That, that I hold on to my faith is more important than that I get well. That's just what he has said. It's not as if, that's what I, you know, I've said it before. When, when we started learning faith, when people go and do marriage vows, they say forget, for better, for worse. We say no, it's for better, for best. For richer, for richest. In health and in healthier. <laughs> Even death can't do us part. What is, wrong, what is wrong with him? I will overcome death in the name of Jesus. I've overcome death, you know, death. Say in heaven there's no marriage on giving marriage because your faith is not big enough. We are kind of marriage into heaven, eternity, hallelujah. Maybe I marry you for eternity. We thought we were talking faith. Sorry to say it like this. Total nonsense. Those that said for better, for worse, they know what they were saying. It was a vow of commitment that, that sometimes people die by faith. They reject deliverance. Why? They want a better resurrection. So they die in the process. That's what we mean. All right? So there are statements we make. We make them not because. And that, you know, those we used to think that, uh, I actually heard people say it, that Job was saying, even though Satan slays me, yet I will trust God. No. Job did not know Satan was involved. He said, even though God slays me, yet I will trust him. I hope you're getting my point here. It's faith. It's faith. It was a total commitment. When um, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, when they faced the fire, and they told Nebuchadnezzar, our God is able to deliver us. And they said, and he will deliver us. But let's listen. We are not doing this because it's our way of getting deliverance. Even if he does not deliver us, we will still not bow. For certain reasons, they, were, they knew he was going to deliver them. And they said so. But they said, listen, we are not doing this for deliverance sake. It must not happen that we bow to another God apart from him. That when they made that statement, I've heard people say before that what they were saying, ah, there was a day I had a quarrel with some brethren in school on this matter. They read that Hebrew upside down. That what this man said is that our God is able to deliver us. If you do what you say, you will do. But even if you don't do what you say you will do, we still will not bow. So I said, excuse me, how does that make sense to you? If you burn us, we will not bow. 
If you don't burn us, we will not bow. <laughs> I don't know what is my point. I said, no. The Bible said, even if he does not. He said, no. He said, even if you do not. Ah. That is why I'm telling Nebuchadnezzar that they held onto their faith. Their faith was for deliverance. Their faith was never for deliverance. You must understand. Their faith was for righteousness. Their faith was for obedience to the will of God. Faith was what they were holding on to. Faith is not a method by which you do things. and We get things from God. Faith is a method by which you obey him no matter what. Faith is a commitment we have made to him even though he slays us. We are like Isaac. If he puts us on his altar and brings up the knife, we don't get away from there. We stay there. That's what we are like. That's what faith is. But while we are on the altar, there are other things that he gives to us. Are you getting my point? Because our lives have made a living sacrifice. That's why sometimes, you know, unconsciously preachers will preach as if anytime you obey God, you get materially promoted. It's not true. It's not true. You can obey God and get nothing, physically speaking. You can obey God and lose everything. Look, it, it, it happens. It's not as if, uh, you know, uh, yesterday they said they, 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 they we should give a bribe. I refused to give a bribe, you know, and praise God. You know, the job they offered me initially was a contract for 25 million. Uh, they said I should put a bribe. I refused. Do you know yesterday, today now, and I got another one for 75 million. Somebody say hallelujah. Then we now print it in young people's minds that that is what happens when you obey God. Let me tell you, it does not always happen like that. Many times you obey God. You know what happens? You go broke. And you didn't give the bribe. You did not get the contract. No other contract was coming. And God didn't abandon you. He now gave you wisdom. What was the wisdom? He said, in this house, we used to eat egg in the morning. God said, now nah, it's garden egg. You know? It, you know? <laughs> They're laughing. There's this garden egg sauce that's just like egg sauce. You, don't you know it? Also, even when we were young, it was one of those uh, you know native uh, food, you know, like a kind of uh, you know. So God just gives the tricks before your children were used to every man young scramble egg. You look and look and say, children, children, yes. There's a new vitamin that's inside. This one does not contain molybdenum and selenium. I have. <laughs> They will eat it by faith. That's what they call eating by faith. I know the annoying thing. Nobody should tell you it will last only six months. You don't know how long it will last. In fact, it will last until you are tired. Until you just tell God, say, okay, Lord, she not die with you, all right, not die with you. Let's just die. She you want us to die. Until you are dead, God can't bless you. Are you getting my point? Yes, God wants you to die. That is, the way God does that, look, next time you see money, you won't be interested. No, that's how God does it to the children. Next time you see money, say, what is this? Money. Leave it. Say, what? But you've not had for some time. Yes, I'm used to not having. Leave it. Look, that's what God wants to kill. You know, they kill, kill every bit of flesh in you. After all of it, I see sowing seeds so God can increase it. Poverty is your portion. You know, I've been telling you. Poverty. It's not wickedness. Because you still like money. You're not yet a giver. You're still an investor. God loves a cheerful giver, not a cheerful investor. Because an investor, in that context, the eye is still on money, still on material things. So let's get it clear. That's what Satan is looking for. Is that separation of the believer from his faith. Not faith for material things, not faith for healing, but faith from God. Faith from the Father. Faith from Jesus as Lord. When we talk about the spirit of Antichrist... He just wants to replace Christ in our lives. That's the spirit of Antichrist. And those are the things we are fighting. 
I'm talking about devil schemes, Satan schemes. Let's know what Satan is going for. It is our faith in the Lord Jesus that is the primary thing he's going for. Because, you see, there are times we think we are fighting Satan as in war, as in, how do I say now? Okay, I'm sick, I'm fighting for healing, I need a job, I need a husband, I need children, and all of that. I'm fighting for those such things. But there are times that Satan is not fighting from that angle. He's fighting from the angle of knowledge. I don't know whether I get my point. He feeds you with information until you doubt the authenticity of your faith. So if we don't get it, we keep on fighting all this uh, uh, Holy Ghost, fire, any power, fighting my destiny. Uh, no. There are times Satan is not fighting your destiny, he's aiding your destiny. In quote. Not like your destiny. Like I said earlier at the beginning, God is looking for faithful people. And faithful people, listen, many of us want to be faithful to God because of what he brings. That's not what faithfulness is. If obedience to God always brings things, everybody will be obedient. Everybody, ah. No, why will I sin? When righteousness pays like 7 million naira each time you do it. No, think about it. Sugar daddy offers you $10,000. And you say no, and God gives you $50,000. Ah. <laughs> think about it. If I, you be the one going around say, Sugar daddy, just offer me something. Offer me something. <laughs> so, I can, so I can reject it. It's true. So faithfulness is not when things are sweet. That is why it doesn't always pay, because it does not prove we are faithful. That's the point I'm going to make. Christians get used to it. Sometimes we'll go through affliction. God says, in the midst of affliction, be faithful. You go to prison, God said, in the midst of prison, be faithful. You reject, and listen to me, when we refuse to participate in doing evil, it is not because we think we will benefit. Let's get it clear. We believers are people on assignment. God wants to inject, for example, the spirit of contentment into the environment. He wants to exp- inject into the environment the spirit of faithfulness, like give us an example. He can't do it by teaching. I want you to understand something. God does not do such things by instruction alone. He has to pass the spirit through people. Are you getting my point? It's not just by instruction. If God says, if God wants to say, look, there will be no corruption in government. It's not just by praying. It's not just by instruction. We broadcast on air. No. That broadcasting, that teaching, that instruction picks a few people. Are you getting my point? It picks a few people. It's called many are called. Now, those that are called, amongst them, few are chosen. Then amongst those who are chosen, they begin to pay attention that, no, there's no corruption in the nation in the name of Jesus. They are praying. Then God starts putting them in the places of pressure. They are now faithful to the end. I hope you get my point. They now become the author of eternal salvation to everyone who will believe. I don't know whether you're getting my point. God uses them to bring the, the spirit of faithfulness and the spirit of obedience into the environment. So those who change places, they suffer. I don't know whether you're getting what I'm saying. They do. They do. That's how God can make them the channel through which he can pour a new spirit into the earth. So the man rejects the bribe and he goes poor. But he says, no matter what, what I did was right. He refused to give a bribe. He doesn't get his contracts. And, you know, that's how God does it. His friends will build the big houses. They'll buy the big cars. They'll be flying all over the world, feeling tough. You'll see money showing on them. God yet will not give him anything for a long time. I hope you're getting what I'm saying. 
What the Lord, what's the Lord doing? The Lord is proving him. The Lord is purifying him. Why? This is a person whose voice, a time will come. L- listen, this is how God does it. A time comes, God uses that fellow to set up maybe a, a business and a company or puts him in political office and under his watch, there's no story you want to tell. Nobody's still thinkable. Why? Because in the furnace of affliction, the Lord chose him. He was proven, he was tested. People just want to be, you know, also believe God, believe God, believe God, believe God, and everything's turning out rosy. You believe God, you go through testing. You believe God, you go through trials. James said, beloved, count it all joy when you pass through diverse trials. He said, the trial of your faith works what? Patience. And what did he now say? He said, let endurance has its perfect results, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. I'm saying to let us understand what Satan is going for. I'm not talking about Satan's schemes. He's not going for the things we think, you know, he's struggling with Satan over money. No. We're not struggling with him over money. We're struggling with him that, look, even though you take the money, we stand where God has kept us. We are de- developing ourselves to the point where we can say like Paul, I am the same, whether I have or I don't have. Many times we are claiming, in the name of Jesus, I have believed God, 10 million is coming. God says, first of all, before we get there, in fact, God says, never claim those kind of funny 10 millions, except it is for, no, when I say important things, not that I need a new car, you know, I need to upgrade my house, no. Like, we are doing a program covering from about the way to Portacos with the gospel. We have checked the cost is 10 million. Then we can be declaring such things. But say we want to chop, it's forbidden. We are not allowed to declare. In the name of Jesus, I believe God that by next year I'm going on holiday abroad. I'm going with my whole family in Jesus' name. I prophesy it. It's madness. You must never pray about such things. If they come, you enjoy it. If they don't come, forget it. Believe me, you are as happy where you are as where you are going. I hope you know. It's just human mind, just flesh. Flesh that's having this kind of funny ideas. So you don't pray. Those are not things we pray about. But, so, we, we, we're not there. Faith is not like, let's grab, let's grab. Faith will first tell life. We first tell Satan. You know, I gave the example the other day. The sister said she kept on having this inspiration. She lost that job. You know, she would dream. Prophecy, prophesy. When she asked me, I told her. She expected me to pray. I said, no. That's not my own line. I said, that's not my own line. I don't have, that's not what the word of God teaches us. She has a very good job. She's happy with it. They pay her well. She's able to handle a lot of her responsibilities. For that reason, the fear of losing the job kept on creeping up in, creeping up in her heart. Then she will sleep and dream. Then prophets will prophesy that they saw her losing the job. I see death around you. I see loss of job around you. Then she will be sowing seed. When she came to me, I said, next time, when you dream and sit and say, I'm taking your job, tell him, take it. That a man's life does not consist in the abundance of jobs that he does. He says, take that, take that devil. Take. I'm leaving my office on Monday. Come and take my seat. Next time I say, sow a seat so you don't lose your job. Say, no. I'm not, I'm not afraid of losing it. If one door closes, another one will open. The safety is of the Lord. My security is not here. It's in the Lord. That's what I taught her. After that, fear, fear disappeared. That's why Jesus had to pass through death to be able to deliver those who had the fear of death. I hope you're getting my point here. So many of us, that's what God is trying to do. Pass us through death 
So you can deliver those who, because of fear, they are stealing. Because of fear, they are departing from where God has kept them. Because of fear, they are disobeying God. They are walking in iniquity. So Satan doesn't want us to be like that. He wants, to be, he, want, he wants us to be like Demas. He wants us to depart from God. If God says don't eat this, he wants us to eat it. That is his scheme. That's all he's concerned about. He's concerned about. Now he has methods for these things. For removing us from godliness, Christ-likeness. So he brings, there are many things he brings. There are many works, you know. If I just read this particular scripture. James chapter 3. Just read this James chapter 3 and then we'll pray. Remember, the Lord taught us to pray. Deliver us from doing evil. In life, you cannot overcome by your own strength. You overcome by the power of God. Verse 13, he said, Who among you is wise and understanding? Let him show by his good behavior, his good deeds, in the gentleness of wisdom. But, you have, if, but if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your heart, do not be arrogant and so lie against the truth. This wisdom is not that which comes down from above, but is earthly, natural, demonic. For where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there is disorder and every evil thing. But the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, reasonable, full of mercy and good fruits, unwavering, without hypocrisy. And the seed whose fruit is righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. And I'm going to stop here. I just want to introduce something. And later I began to talk, next verse, what is the source of quarrels and conflicts among you? Now what I want to bring out is that James was teaching us that when Satan wants to introduce every evil thing into our midst, what he does is to bring some things like jealousy. He's bringing it here. Verse 16. Selfish ambition. What Satan does is to introduce those things and they become the method by which every evil thing comes into our lives. Now these evil things, again, they are the manifestations of departure from faith. And they are also the ways by which faith is never strengthened and our faith continues to get weaker. As part of that um, selfish ambition, we can also add this particular one to it. He said that um, Paul was one speaking, and this is James speaking. Paul said the love of money is what? A root of all sorts of evil. The same thing. You see here, James said selfish ambition, bitter jealousy. When you find it, all right, you begin to find out that People, where is this now? Okay, verse 16. He said that you now find that every, there's disorder and every kind of evil thing is named. Now, when we are resisting Satan, therefore, we see the mechanisms he goes about, you know, his schemes. His schemes include things like promoting our selfish ambition. His schemes include promoting division amongst us. One of the major ways by which Satan defeats the body of Christ is denominational, give me the English. Denominationalism. Oh, God. No wonder David Paulson says he hates isms. That there are only two or three isms he likes. Baptism and evangelism. There are so many isms out there. And the one ism that Satan uses to, to cripple the church is denominationalism. It's terrible. Is horrible. Now, denominationalism is not just attending different churches, but it's seeing different churches as separate. 
I hope you're getting my point here. Yes. That if you are with them, you are not with us. Do you know? It is the reason why Boko Haram struck. Do you know? It is the reason why all this Islamic headsmen crisis everywhere. Do you know is the reason why, you know, communal clashes continue? That is the reason why in a place like the United States of America, racism continues to flourish. It's always when you have division inside the church. When you want to fight Satan's schemes on a grand level, listen to me. Don't go and be praying against some funny things like, uh, yes, you know, it's difficult to say leave Boko Haram, not pray about them, security and all of that. Listen, just know that those things are the manifestations of other things. I don't know whether you're getting my point. They are the manifestations of other things. This selfish ambition, this division, because you see, we didn't read it now for time's sake, but you see, 2 Corinthians chapter 2, when Paul was talking about to us about Satan's schemes, it was, he focused on division. He focused on division. It's so important that you are not divided, you are not separated. Now, these are some of, and I've just mentioned a few. These are some of the methods by which Satan opens the door for every evil work. Are you getting my point? And listen, sometimes you have to take, you know, I was reading one man, uh, I think it's Rhys Howell. How many of you know of, of the man? Anyway, I was reading his story today, you know, the story about him. And one of the things he did, you know, he, he started a mission, what they call it a mission, like a ministry anyway, but then he also called it a mission. And he was a front person. The after a while, by revelation, he understood that the person assisting him, okay, was feeling as if he's, he's kept in the shadow. He said this guy was a, that this guy was eloquent in scriptures. Do you understand? Eloquent. Knew the word of God very seriously. When he's teaching, except that this work started with Riz Howell and everybody came to join him. So, you know how he solved it? He told that man that actually he's tired of the ministry. The man should come and take over. I don't know whether you get the point. And literally, he handed the whole thing over to the man. That one didn't know why he did it. Because he just realized that, look, division is about to come in. Satan's devices, his schemes, he's about to launch something. What am I going to do? I will step down to ensure that the unity of the faith is not broken. After all, name, forget name, who's the boss? It's, let's preach now, we'll know who's doing which work. I don't know what I get my point. That man has always been an excellent teacher. He was not as excellent as the other fellow. So he said, okay, no problem. You stay in front. And it coincided with when God had another work for him to do. So he stayed mostly inside and was praying. Fighting Satan's schemes, please, my brethren. It's not just about shouting, I resist you, I resist you. He's doing the works of resisting. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. It's important. Listen, for time's sake, we won't open there now. But, okay, let me just read it. Which one do we read now? Anyway, we'll read them later. We can read James, we can read, but read them later. But the point is this, is humility. Humility is one way by which you resist Satan's schemes. Many times we pray, the prayer is the prayer of pride. All our enemies, they want to take this one from us. We'll not let them have it. There are times you say, take it. Sometimes when I see Christians praying about Buhari's appointment, you don't understand that God hates those prayers. It's pride. It's prayers of pride. Are you saying there's nobody here that can be minister of this? It's pride. I don't know what I get what I say. What did I call it? Pride. And God doesn't listen to such prayers. So all this one that pray that they pray in that sort of prayer will run away. It's your problem. It's not running anywhere. Because your prayer is worse than his own activities. When we're resisting Satan, there are times we just we, we, we suffer so as to maintain the unity of the faith. And that's what the Bible calls resisting Satan. It's not generally as in the name of Jesus, Satan, you cannot. There are things that we are doing that's opening the door for him every day. Let's ask our feet.
I want us to pray. First of all, let's give the Lord thanks for the word that we have heard today. And remember, we are resisting the schemes of Satan. Well, what the first thing we are doing is unveiling, opening up the things that he's really doing. Because we are resisting him many times, we are wasting time. We don't realize that it's not what he's doing that we are resisting. So let's give the Lord and say, Lord, thank you for light. Thank you for light. Thank you for enlightenment. Thank you for enlightenment. Thank you for enlightenment. Thank you because you have opened my eyes today to see what really he is doing. I'm not unaware of his devices. Lord, thank you for illumination. Thank you for illumination. Now remember that prayer. Now I want you to pray the way Jesus gave it. Lead me not into temptation, but deliver me from doing evil. Pray that prayer for yourself now. Pray that prayer like your life depends on it. Now your mind begins to think about the areas of temptation, the areas of pressure. The areas of life where you may be under, you know, you are likely to be subject to the temptations of the enemy. They have made you a financial secretary. You are an INEC official. Yes, I mean, believers are INEC officials. You are a governor. You are a senator. You are a party chieftain. Are you getting my point? Begin to pray. Stay in the name of Jesus. Lord, deliver me from doing evil. Let me represent Christ everywhere I go. Like Daniel, like um, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Lord, let my heart be united with you in faith. Let me not fail in the name of Jesus. Let me not fail. Let me not fail. Strengthen me to stand in the time of temptation. I draw near to the throne of grace. I receive mercy. I find grace to help. I find grace against selfish ambition. I find grace against divisions. I find grace against anger. I find grace against love of money. In the name of Jesus, I receive a way of escape. From every temptation, the evil in the society will not come upon me in the name of Jesus Christ. As I step into Babylon, I will not defile myself by the things that the people therein are defiling themselves by. As I step into political office, I will not defile myself. As I step into this new job, I will not defile myself. As I step into this high rank in civil service, I will not defile myself. As I step into ministry, I will not defile myself. It's important you pray that prayer. Say, Lord, deliver me from doing that which is evil. By me, bring forth the spirit of excellence, the spirit of righteousness into the earth, the spirit that stands against corruption. By me, I yield myself again today. Lord, by me, you can use my words if you don't know what, exactly what to say. Lord, by me, bring forth that spirit of godliness, that spirit of righteousness, that moral spirit into this earth. Lord, let me not fail you in the time of testing. In the name of Jesus Christ, let me hold on to my faith. In the name of Jesus. Now Jesus said, I have prayed for you that your faith will not fail. Lord, let my faith not fail. Strengthen me that my faith will not fail. Even though Satan wants to sift me like wheat, in the name of Jesus, my faith will not fail. Not because of my own strength. Because I know life can be overwhelming. But I receive the strength of the Almighty. That same strength that you gave to Daniel in Babylon. That same strength that you gave to Mishael. That same strength you gave to Azariah. That same strength you gave to Hananiah. I receive it in the name of Jesus. The strength that you poured into Jesus, that he was able to face the cross. The strength to face my own cross. Release it to me, Father. I receive it by faith today in the name of Jesus. This world will not sweep me away in the name of Jesus Christ. I resist every scheme of Satan. Say, I resist every scheme. I resist the love of money. Those are the schemes. Those are the schemes of Satan. I resist selfish ambition. I'm willing to step back that somebody else will be more prominent than me. I am willing. 
am willing to do good without being recognized for it. I am willing. I'm willing to forgive in my heart. The person that offended me and is not even saying sorry, I'm willing. I'm willing. I'm willing. I'm willing to be the one down that Jesus might increase. I'm willing to use my grace, my gift without recognition from human beings. I'm willing to use my gift without recognition of people in the name of Jesus. I'm, I'm willing to do good without reward. Yes, reward from man. It's important. I'm willing to do it. Say, Lord, I yield myself to that today. I yield myself. God, these are the schemes of the devil. Those are the areas he comes into our lives through. I want to resist him. That's how we resist him. It's not by saying we resist you, Satan. It's by doing what James said. Submit to God. Resist the devil. It's when you submit to God, you are resisting the devil. Say, Lord, we submit to you again. I submit my whole life to you again. I submit myself to you. I yield myself under your mighty hand. In the name of Jesus, I yield myself. I yield my body as a living sacrifice. As a living sacrifice, holy acceptable to you. Use me to do your will. Use me, Lord, to do your will. My life is about the doing of your will. My life is about the doing of your will. Let's continue to pray. Let's continue to pray and ask the Lord for grace. The Bible says if we uh, fail in the days of adversity, say then it means our strength is small. Let's receive grace, receive strength before that day of adversity. Say, Lord, strengthen me in the name of Jesus. Before that day of adversity, before that day of temptation, I receive strength to overcome that day. I receive strength to overcome that day in the name of Jesus. This is the time to be strengthened. This is the time to gather enough energy. Therefore, let us pray. Let's continue to pray and say, Lord, before that day of adversity, before that day of temptation, I receive strength in the name of Jesus. Lord, I receive strength. Give me strength. Give me strength. Tap into the grace of God in prayers right now. Everybody just say, Lord, I receive strength never to bow. I receive strength never to bow. Because that day is coming for every one of us. Lord, we receive strength. We will not bow. We receive strength. We will not bow. On that day of adversity, Lord, we say no. We maintain our confession. Pray and say, Lord, give me grace to maintain my confession. Even when it is tough, grace to maintain my confession. Even when it is tough, let us pray. Let us pray. Say, Lord, in the name of Jesus, I receive grace. I will not bow. I will not bow. I will not bow. People have been suggesting to you that place you should go to, that there's a solution there. Say, Lord, I will not bow. I will wait indeed until my change comes. I will wait until my change comes. I receive strength to wait. I receive strength to wait. Everybody pray. Lord, in the name of Jesus, I receive strength. It's not on that day we now start praying for strength. If we are going to pray for strength, it is now. Therefore, let us take two minutes more to pray for strength. And say, Lord, I will not bow. In the name of Jesus, I drop my selfish ambition. I drop my selfish ambition. In the name of Jesus, strife will not have a hold over me. Jealousy will not have a hold over me. In the name of Jesus, I know my place in Christ and I walk in that place. Open your mouth and pray for yourself. Pray, declare those words. Say, strife will not have a hold in me.
I prefer my brother in love. I esteem my brother more than myself. So that we can sustain that unity. So that we can sustain that peace. Open your mouth and pray. Abraham was able to let go. And he said, Lord, you choose first. Open your mouth and pray. I am ready for my brother to choose first. I am ready for my sister to make a first choice. Knowing that I am a blessed man. Strife will not come in through me. Declare those words. Strife will not come in through me. Disunity will not come in through me. In the name of Jesus. Discord will not come in through me. Oh, I humble myself under the mighty hand of God. I humble myself under the mighty hand of God. I am ready to take that loss to sustain unity. I am ready to take that loss to sustain the peace. In the name of Jesus, pray. Pray. No matter how difficult it is, I receive grace. I can do all things through Christ. I can do all things through Christ. I can... I, I, I can take that loss through Christ. I can lay my ambitions down through Christ. Though it's painful. But because of Christ, I will do it. For righteousness sake, I will do it. To please the Lord, I will do it. I lay down my life. I lay down my ambition. So that the works of Christ will, will, will spread. In the name of Jesus. So that Jesus will take glory. So that heaven will rejoice. That indeed my people are going after, the, after peace. Receive strength everybody. God is releasing strength this evening. Before that day comes, he's releasing strength. On that day you will not have to struggle. On that day you will not have to struggle. Because there is special strength being released now. Pray and receive your own strength in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for your presence that is evident in this place. Thank you, Lord, for empowering us today. Today is, is indeed a memorial that on the 9th of August you strengthened your people for the temptations that will come in five years, for the trials that will come in ten years, for the office that you are preparing your people for. For the marriages that you're preparing your people for. For that industry you're preparing us for. For that great ministry you're preparing us for. We receive strength in the name of Jesus today. Lord, we bless your name. We have heard your word. We give you praise. By strength indeed shall no man prevail, but we thank you for your grace. Blessed be the name of Jesus. We give you praise. Lord, we thank you, Lord, because you have not just spoken to us, you have empowered us. You have empowered us, Lord, for the office that is ahead, for that position that is ahead. You have empowered us, and Lord, we thank you. We are grateful.